Amen. That was wonderful. I appreciate that. And I'm so excited to be able to preach to you tonight. I, uh, I know Pastor let me know about, uh, that was about three, maybe three weeks ago that he found out he was going to be doing the ordination service for uh, Brother Art over there. And so Pastor let me know. He said, uh, I'll be going that Sunday night and uh, I'll, you know, I'll have you preach there. And so I, I began to you know, think about it and I, I had my sermon and I was ready to go and just knew I was I had exactly what I was going to be preaching, and as always, is fun. And then, uh, most of you know, on Monday morning, I left at uh, we left Monday last Monday at about three in the morning, I think, or was it four? Four in the morning? Yeah, four in the morning. We loaded up. I left my house at a little uh, close to a little after three or something like that. We left the house and we got here at the church. Got all the teenagers. We got in a van and we went to Atlanta, and uh, we drove straight to Six Flags. And man, we just, we had a wonderful time. We got there at Six Flags and we got, uh, we got on, on, I mean, went straight into the, uh, you know, into the entrance and we started riding rides and we found out a few of them really can't ride rides as well as they think they can. <laughs> and a few of them think that they, you know, uh, they could handle it and they can hang with the youth pastor, but they found out that uh, this guy, youth pastor, he just, uh, he can ride some rides. So we did Batman Three of us were on the Batman ride four times in a row, back to back to back to back, and on the back uh, of the ride. And uh, one of our young men, he blacked out, and and uh, and then uh, later on, I found out this another one of our young men that has done this before, and we've kind of found out this is kind of a normal for him. He was at the park and he threw up on a ride. So, and just so everybody is clear, I've never thrown up on a on a roller coaster. And I've never blacked out yet on a roller coaster. Now, I'm, I'm, I could feel it. And I could feel it coming on. I was thankful that when we pulled up on that, when the fourth time we pulled up, uh, Mr. Caleb, his name was Caleb, uh, the guy that was running the, the, uh, the ride, he looks at us and he goes, all right, this is, or the third time, no, when we were starting the fourth time, he said, this is it. Uh, this is it. You can't ride no more after this. <laughs> so you have to get off. You have to get off the ride. So... We, uh, we did that, then we rode, we rode and had a wonderful time, but uh, we rode another ride, and we made the young man that blacked out a little uh, on the Batman ride, he went completely out. He's just... <laughs> arms, arms a-waving in the wind. So we found out his top... He's, he's not going to fly fighter jets for the Navy, <laughs> or for the Marines or Air Force, yeah, no, so... But uh, your little brothers want me to call your name, but I won't do that to you, Evan. I would never do that. So, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare say, you know, Matthew's the one throwing up. But, but anyway, but anyway, so if you want to have a good time, hang out with some teenagers at a theme park and uh, get them a bunch of water, you know, because we've got to stay hydrated. So, you, you know, you get them a lot of water and then you put them on a ride and watch them throw the water all up. So, so but anyway... I, I was managing my water. So, no, I, uh, we had a wonderful time. We had a tremendous time, but I was, we were on the trip, and so we went, we went to Six Flags, and then Tuesday we, we went and hiked, and then we, we got to go to the Braves game. It was a lot of fun, and then Wednesday we got to go to a church there. Uh, my wife and I know <clears throat> a, a couple that is doing basically a restart. It's a church there in, in, uh, in Atlanta, the church was a thriving church at one time, but the church had gone down uh, all the way to seven, uh, seven members actually voted in uh, the pastor that is there now. 
uh, Brother Josh Hahn, and so we got to go and we spent some time there with them all day uh, Wednesday. And you can be very proud of your young people. They, I'm telling you, they work extremely hard. And we spent the entire day there uh, working in the church, and we painted uh, some rooms, and we found out that, uh, that some of these guys can't paint worth a flip. And we found out Brooklyn can actually paint. I'll tell you what. And that girl can paint, son. So, and I know a few guys are, 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 are booing it, but man, she was good. And, and some others did a wonderful job. They worked really hard. And then we painted and painted and cleaned up. And then we went out passing door hangers uh, and had just a wonderful time. But then we got to the service. And the preacher got up and he started preaching. And uh, like I said, I had my message. I was all settled. And he went to this passage and he began to read. And as he read, uh, we got to... Um, we got to uh, this passage of scripture that I'm going to preach from tonight that the thought came from. And so if you have your Bibles, we'll go to uh, 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 14. And I am not going to re-preach his sermon. I will say a few of the things that he did talk about and say. But there's one phrase in here. Uh, there's one phrase that uh, he mentioned, just one, one phrase and, and in, this, in the scripture here that we came across, and it is, the Lord really just spoke to my heart, and this was, became the message that I would want to preach to you tonight. So I'm in 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I will begin reading there at verse, uh, verse number 1. Now it came to pass uh, upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father, and Saul tarried in uh, the utmost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is uh, in Madron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And Ahayu, the son of Aiptud, uh, I, Sebad's brother, the son of Phaeus, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by the which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and, the, and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other, uh, Sinhu. The forefront of the one was uh, Simitude northward against uh, Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison, of these uncircumcised, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So if you'll read uh, before in chapter 13, chapter 12, you'll see that Saul has become king and he is fighting and he, is, he has killed some of the Philistines. He is uh, having some battles that are happening and and he is doing a, a wonderful job, and the people are rejoicing, and they're excited. 
But the Philistine army has gathered together. In, verse, in chapter 13, you can read and you will see that the Philistine army had gathered and they had a, a number the Bible talks about and says it was as the, the sand of the sea. It was a multitude of people. And they had uh, chariots and they had men with swords and they had this massive army. And so the children of Israel became extremely frightened. Uh, they became extremely scared. And the Bible tells us that they ran and they hid in the caves. They ran and they hid in the high places. They ran and they hid. They, they hid themselves uh, because they were very scared of this large army. But then we see this story about Jonathan. Jonathan and his armor bearer. And he tells his armor bearer, he says, you know, uh, let's go over to this group of men, which was uh, over the number of 20. Let's go over to this group of men and, and, and let's, let's see, let's, let's go over and, 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 and let's, let's, let's see if the Lord will fight with us. And when you read here, you're going to find out that they go over and they fight. But I want to I zero in on one little part in verse number six. The Bible says this. Here's what Jonathan said. And Jonathan said unto the young man, look at verse 6 again. And Jonathan said unto the young man that bear his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. And here it is. Here's the statement. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. I want to preach to you just for a few moments tonight. No restraint. There's no restraint. No restraint. You know, I want to tell you a little story. I, I purchased uh, some land not too long ago, and I was, I was out there, and I was talking with one of the farmers that live right next to me. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He's been, he grew up there. And he was telling me about the land, and he was, he was actually riding me on his side-by-side. -side. We were riding through the property, and he was showing me some things, and he was telling me some stories about when he was a young boy. And he began to tell me this story, and I just thought it was the neatest thing. So when he was a young boy, uh, close to where my property is, there's a, there used to be an old track. And it was a racing track where they would race horses. And the community would kind of come together and get together, and the old, all the farmers in that area, they, and, and people would come, and, and they would go out there, and they would race horses. And he took me up on the hill and, and, and kind of rode me in the area where they used to do this, and he, he started to tell me the story. He said, now, he said, now Jonathan, I was, I was a little, little fella when I was young, and so Dad had me ride the horse, and he said, we would, we would get out there, and, and, and Dad would always tell me to do this. He'd say, now, son... On the first couple of races, I want you to hold the reins on that horse. I want you to hold it real tight and holding back on the first couple of races. And so we're walking and talking, and I, I've never raced horses or been to even been to a horse race. I don't even know. I, you know, I'm listening. And he said, "He said, now look, I was just a little fellow. He said, now look, that horse. We had a very big horse, and that horse was very powerful. And he said it would take all I had." all within me to hang on and just hold him back as hard as I could and to stay on that seat without him throwing me off. He said it took all I had. He said, but here's what would happen. The first couple of races, we'd lose. He said, I was restraining that horse. 
He said, now I didn't understand. I was a little kid, but I didn't know. Dad was setting everybody up. <laughs> and if you knew the family, I'm not going to call the family's name out, but you'd be like, yeah, that's them. <laughs> That's the family in the county. But anyway, he said, you know what? He said, I'd be holding that horse. And what was happening was, is people were saying, oh, that, that horse can't run. He said, then come about the third or fourth race, dad look at me. And dad would simply say, cut him loose. Cut him loose. He said, and I would be, I'd get there and that next race, <laughs> I'd just let him go. I wouldn't restrain him. I wouldn't hold him back. I want to tell you tonight, we serve a Savior that has no restraint at all. We serve a God that has no restraint at all. No, no restraint to him. And I, I want to I I preach to you for just a little bit about this. No restraint. You know, the Bible teaches us that there is no restraint when it comes to him saving a lost soul. There's no restraint. You know, uh, you know, you look down here, the verse, and, and Jonathan, you know, this is an Old Testament story, and we have the Old Testament stories to help us to understand things in our lives, and we look back at them, and, and they kind of give us encouragement about things going on in our life. But, you know, it says, it says here in the verse, it says, for the, there, there is no, the, there's no restraint to the Lord to save. And I understand he's going to, we're going to talk more about it in a little bit, that he's talking physically, the Lord's going to step in and, and can save them but 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 may I use that and say hey there's no restraint no restraint in to God to who he can save there's no one too wicked you know there was Jesus was uh, there and, uh, and was traveling he, he said I must needs go through Samaria and, he, and he, he wanted to witness to somebody and and when he got there to the well and and that lady came and she began to draw water out of that well and and he began to tell he began to talk with her and she was confused about the story uh, of uh, uh, the gospel that he was giving her and and was talking with her but he began to talk about her life and you know what we find out about that woman she wasn't a, a very good woman. No, she was, she was a wicked woman. She wasn't a, a God-fearing person, but, but Jesus said, you know what, there's no one too wicked. There's no one too wicked that I cannot save. Uh, my, my salvation is extended to every single person, and my grace is sufficient for every single one. And, and this woman here at the well, uh, there was no restraint to her being saved. The message had reached all the way to her. And, and you know, Paul, the Bible talks about how Paul, the apostle in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul says, you know what? I am the chief of sinners. He says, he, he lays it out for us. He says, you know, I am the chief. I'm the chiefest of sinners. But the Lord saved me. The Lord saved me. Hey, I was, I was wicked. I was vile. I was wretched. I was, I was lost. And, and I mean, there was no question whether or not if I was lost. I, I, I live a, a wicked life. You don't understand the things I've done in my life. You don't understand. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight. And God's, hey, there's no restraint. He's not bound. He's not a, there's not a person he cannot save. There's not a person he will not save if they would but trust and accept him. There's no one too wicked. Hey, I think about Zacchaeus. He is a wicked man. Stealing money from the poor, stealing money from the people. Stealing, as a tax collector there, he was, he was an evil person, but yet the Lord saved him. The Lord reached down to him. The Lord reached him. And, and look, you know, uh, what about the Ninevites? Talk about some wicked people. 
I mean, they would bury their victims. They would, they would bury them alive and, and leave, leave the head above the sand there and have the chariots ride through and, and, and decapitate the people. Well, just the, the, the vile things they did to, the, to, the, to their people there to, and to their enemies and other people. I mean, just a, a wicked a group of people the Ninevites were. But God said, you know what? I'm going to send a man, Jonah. He's going to preach a, a very weak message. But if anybody will accept it, I'll save you. I'll save them. There's no one too wicked. You say, no, you don't, you don't know my grandfather. You, you didn't know my family. You, you don't know my dad. You don't know how wicked that, that man is. You don't know how wicked that woman is. You, don't, you do not know how wicked they are. No, no, the Lord will save them. There's no one too wicked he cannot save. I want you to look at Mark. Turn with me over to Mark, if you would. If you'll go with me over to the book of the Gospel of Mark. Chapter number five. Jonathan, if you come on up for me, buddy. Mark chapter number five. The Bible says, Mark chapter five and verse number one, the Bible says, and they came over, and they came over unto the other side of the sea unto the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and, uh, and the chains had been uh, plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, l l listen about this, this man, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying. He's homeless. Always night and day. He's in the tombs. He's in the mountains. He's crying and cutting himself with stones. Y'all know we have people like that here, right here in Gulfport? We have people right. We have people like that. I, I've seen them, right, right out here, not far from here. This story, look, this ain't just a story that happened two thousand years ago. This, this happens in people's lives all the time. But, 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 but yet the Bible says, hey, the Lord's trying to help us here, and He's He's saying, listen, here's this, here's this man, and he was he's crying and cutting himself with stones and. I would say most of us would agree that this man is wasting his life. He's wasting his potential. He's wasting away what, what life he has. And, and you know, sometimes people feel uh, that they, have, they, are, they are wasted and they're wasting their life and, and they feel that uh, they are too far gone, that, 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 that there's no use for them anymore. There's no use for me anymore, brother Jonathan. You don't understand. I've, 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 I've wasted so many years. I don't, I, the Bible doesn't tell us if, the, if, the, if this man had a family, but I, he did have a, a father, we know. He, he did have a mother, we, we know that. Can you imagine the, the heartbreak or the hurt that they must have? And maybe he did have other family members, cousins or uncles or aunts. And, and maybe they got together and they talked and said, you know what? He sure has wasted all his life. 
He's wasted away. But I want to tell you here tonight, there's no restraint to God. There's no one that's too far gone. There's no one too has wasted away their life too far that God can't come down and say, you know what, I'm going to get involved and, and, and I'm going to take what you think you've ruined and wrecked and I, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to fix it. Amen. The Bible says in verse number 6, but when he saw Jesus, but when he saw Jesus, it changed all his life. When you accept the master in your life, when you accept the king of kings, when you accept the creator God, when you trust, rely, and depend on Him to save you and to change you, I promise your life is no longer wasted. Your life is not wasted. Think about, think about the thief on the cross. The thief, the thief on the cross, most would say, he wasted his life. And on this earth, I wouldn't argue with you. I'd say, you know what? All the way up into that last point. That's right. All the way up into that last little bit. Because right at the end, oh, hey, right at the end, now listen now, right at the end, he decided, you know what, I'm going to get some sense. <laughs> I'm going to get a hold, I'm, I'm going I'm to change the way I'm, you know, the, the, the thief on one side is cursing, and, and, and he was cursing too at the beginning. He, he started looking over and saying, you know what, uh, uh, we better quit cursing him. Yeah. Hey, we, we, I, I'm, I'm, hey, Lord, remember me. Now, you realize now for, for, for the last 2,000 years, he's been with him. He didn't waste it. Some look at their life and say, I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give him anymore. I've wasted so many years of my life. It's not true. No age, no person, at no point... Does God look down in heaven and say, you know what? I am done. I don't want nothing from you anymore. There will come a day where he says it's done. But he hasn't done it yet. You're still breathing. You're still here. The trumpet hadn't sounded. He hasn't returned yet. He's not, ready. He's not, he's not reached out of heaven yet and said, it's done now. I'm, I'm finished. He always wants you. Just you. That's what he wants. Are you willing to give your life to the master? Are you willing to give yourself to him? You see, he's the one that has no restraint. No restraint at all. Now, I've got Jonathan here, and I'm going to restrain him. He, uh, he went with us on the trip, and he's a pretty good boy. Uh, every once in a while, I have to get on him real big, call his daddy or Something. Let's put them feet together. Let's turn around and come out a little. I brought me some restraints here. Now, you know, Jonathan thinks he can take me. And uh, that came out on the trip. They were talking about it. And, I, you know, he's, he's getting big. I even told him, I said, you know what? Jonathan's at that point now where he's so big, it would take so much effort and energy out of me that the only way to beat him, the only way I could beat him now is that I have to really hurt him. And, and, you know, I just, I really, I really don't want to, I really don't, I can't tie a tie, tie a knot. I really don't want to hurt him. And so, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I better not, I better not wrestle you or, or, or fight you because I'm going to have to put in so much effort and so much energy that I'm just, I'm going to end up, I'm going to end up hurting you. 
or, or really the truth is I'm going to hurt myself. And so I don't want to do that. And so, uh, but anyway, but these restraints I've, I have, how many of y'all believe that, that that's enough to restrain this big boy? No, they, you, don't, you don't think it's going to work, huh? What about you? You guys think it's going to work? You know, those restraints, you know, I, I want to say, you know, you know when, when you and I, in our minds sometimes, we think life problems restrain the Lord. It's about, and it's worse than this. I have no way to explain it to you. But he's, he's like, really? This? This plastic? This problem? I created the world. I spoke it into existence. I created your brain, your mind, your body. I, I, I formed you out of the dust of the ground. I breathed into your, your nostrils the breath of life. I made you a living soul. I did all of this. And, and you think the issue that you have going on in your life, you really think that that's going to restrain the God of heaven? You honestly believe that your wickedness or your, the wasted part of your life or the, the wounds that you carry throughout your life, you really think that can pin me and restrain me? It's not, there's nothing. Jonathan answered it in, in Samuel. He said, no, there's no restraint. Now, Jonathan, let me see, son, if I got you tied up. I didn't think it'd work. I, re I really, I, re I really, this afternoon when I was cutting those out of trash can bags, I thought it, I thought it might do it. Like, I, I practiced in my, hey, look, I did practice in my office just to make sure he had enough strength to do it. <laughs> no, you see, that's not enough, that's not enough restraint. But I have a friend here tonight, and if my friend would come on down, I have a friend that can help me out. You see, there are problems in life, there are some problems in life that that do restrain us listen now listen don't lose me there are some problems in life that can restrain us there's some issues in life that will restrain us go ahead and restrain this young man now now Jonathan how you doing over there <laughs> Do you, do, you, do, you think, do you think you could get out of those restraints? You want, you want to give it a shot? Why don't we go ahead and just give it a shot? Let's, let's, see, let's see if you can get out of, out of those restraints. Come, let me go ahead. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Let's see. All right. Yeah, not going to happen, huh? All right. Very good. So, so but, but, but listen now. There's no restraint to God. But you and I, there's some restraints right. that we can get in that you'll never get out of. You'll never get out of. Not without Him. Not without His help. Not without Him intervening on our behalf. We'll come back to that in a minute, fellas. Thank you so much. You see... You see, there, there is no restraint to Christ when it comes to saving us. And listen, there's no restraint to Him when it comes to solving life's problems. 
You know, there's no situation that you can get in. Look at the situation Jonathan and his armor bearer are in. Here are two fellas, and, and, and they, are, they are there, uh, and they're facing the, the armies there, uh, uh, the Philistines. And these guys are, I mean, they've got thousands of people. This situation he has put himself in and, and he, he goes up and, and, and look, where he, look where he says, let's go back to that 1 Samuel there. 1 Samuel and, and chapter uh, number 14, if you would with me. 1 Samuel chapter number 14 and, and verse number 6 and, 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 and uh, verse number 7, excuse me, verse number 7. And his armor bearer, I love this guy, said unto him, do all that is in thine heart, turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Oh, to have a buddy. Talking about a battle buddy? Look at this. I mean, this is unbelievable. These guys are about to go up and fight. And this guy's like, hey, I'm with you, man. You do what's in your heart. Then said Jonathan, behold, we will pass over unto these men and we'll discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they... Say thus, come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. I love where he says, you know what, the Lord, this is good now, this can help, the Lord has no restraint. But Jonathan understood he had some restraint. Said, you know what? I'm going to give the Lord. I'm going to. I'm going to. It's like Gideon. He reminds me of Gideon here. He says, "I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak to us through this. I'm going to. I'm going to say, hey guys, I'm going to discover myself to them. And if they say, come on, then the Lord has given us the victory. You see, all because the Lord has no restraint. You and I, as Christians, we need. We need to understand there's some restraint to us, and we need to make sure we live in His strength and in His power. The soldiers are hiding in the caves here. The people are scattered and running abroad. Think about, think about the children of Israel. Look at their situation when they were, when they were in the, 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 the wilderness there. And, and Psalms, if you'll go with me to Psalms uh, chapter 78. Psalms chapter 78 and, and, and verse number 17. Psalm 78, 17 talks to us about how the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They... they, they tempted God of heaven and, and, and speaking as if he had restraint. He, this is, we have now found a problem that he cannot solve. We have found an issue that he is unable to handle. You see, you and I have personal situations in our life that we sometimes believe God can't handle this one. I, I, and I, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, it, it's even in my own life, it's happened, and it's, and what's, what's the, what is unique about it, or I should say, just interesting about it, is when you and I get to that issue, it seems like sometimes God brings someone along that has already been down that road that says, hey, I, I, I've already, I've already went through that, and the Lord's already helped me, and which is such a blessing, but it's like, the problem that you and I believe is so insurmountable, there's nothing new under the sun. 
God, it's not, you're not catching God by surprise. Your personal situation that does seem extremely uh, insurmountable, I understand it. It may feel that way and it may seem that way. But at the end of the day, I'm here to tell you tonight, there's not a problem that God cannot solve. There's no restraint to Him. Sometimes we go through a situation uh, in our country or or, uh, in, in our community and it feels like, you know what, there's no, there's no getting over this. It wasn't too long ago I was speaking with, with, a, with a Christian brother. And not, not, not here, but uh, another place and a Christian brother. And we begin to talk and we begin to talk about how uh, America does need revival. But he felt as if it would never come. That it, we won't see it in our day. I begin to think in my heart, I, I, I know the day may come where I say that, but I don't want to. I want to believe that if the, the church will humble ourselves and will pray and seek God's face and, and turn from our wicked ways, that God will heal our land and God can bring revival to America still and people, people can turn back to God. I don't want to throw my hands up and say, no, it's, it's over with. And God can't, God, this is a, now this is, this is so far gone that God cannot intervene. I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. I'll end with this tonight. You know, there is no restraint to Christ when it comes to sealing us unto the day of redemption. Our soul is sealed. If you have been saved, if you have been blood washed, if you've been born again, if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, that can never change. There's, no, there's nothing, nothing can remove us from the love of God. Nothing can pluck us out of His hand. He said the important words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Death could not restrain Him. The grave cannot hold Him. Up from the grave He arose. There's no restraint to the Savior that I serve. My question tonight to you is this. Are you you in a restraint? The sin sin still have you bound. You can go ahead and cuff him up again. The sin still have you bound. You know, there's only one person that can loose the restraint of sin. You see, we were all born into sin. You see, when Adam sinned in the garden and, 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 and Adam fell and he, be, he, he, he corrupted uh, his soul there, when he sinned, it brought corruption to the whole human race. And you and I are born, born into sin. Not only was I born into sin, but I have chosen to sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's only one that has the power to loose There's only one that has the power to take the restraint off. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we try, try to take them off, son. Go ahead and get them off. No matter how hard, he's not going anywhere. Go ahead and get a hold of him, Brother Darren, and walk him right over here. I think we can take him just about anywhere we need to take him. You see, you and I are bound in our sin. And until 
we understand that Jesus Christ gave His life, when we trust, rely, and depend on Him and accept Him as our personal Savior, when we ask the Lord to come into our heart, He takes the restraint off. He, he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can save. He's the only one that is not bound. You and I are restraint in that regard. But when you and I accept the Lord Jesus as our Savior, He can remove them. He can take them off. My question is, do you think you're too wicked that He can't save you? Do you think maybe you've wasted too much time that he can't, he can't use you? He can't, he can't work in your life? Maybe, you, maybe, you, you're, maybe you're like Nicodemus. He was a wise man. That's right. He had it all together. He was, he was brilliant. But Jesus quotes to him the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He tells Nicodemus, you can have everlasting life if you would but humble yourself and accept and be born again. There's no situation that He cannot handle. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, no one looking tonight.